Welcome to this week's podcast. My guest on Facing the Canon is Rico Tice, founder of Christianity Explored Ministries. Rico Tice, welcome to Facing the Canon. It's a joy to be here. Great title, if I may say. Thank you, Rico. It's very beckoning. Yeah, well, <laughs> I've, I've wanted to have you on the programme for a long time, and I'm great. it's great that you're here. Rico, you were born in Chile, raised in Africa. Yeah. How, tell us about that. Yeah, so my dad was in tobacco. So I got converted out of a cigarette family, and uh, my dad was growing tobacco. He had a horticultural degree, was growing tobacco in Chile, and then went to Africa to grow it there. The big story about dad in Africa was that in the 50s when he was out there, he spoke Swahili. Um, he met Idi Amin. They became friends. They used to hunt together, Idi Amin, the African dictator. Um, so so they, and and then when Idi Amin came to power, dad was in Uganda. So he used to actually go and see him on a Friday and do some economics with him, actually, because the, you know, the guy just got massively promoted. And, and so dad would as a mate would do that and then when he started killing people dad came back to England and told the foreign office who didn't believe him because they supported Armin at, at that stage and then we went back again and dad said, went and saw him and said look we're leaving now This, you've got very bad advisors and Armin said I don't understand he said well look it's a real mess Idi. you know I'm a friend and I want to say we're going he said look you don't have to go dad's all well, at the plane's going he said no I'll delay the plane so he rang up delayed the plane and we were on the on the on the runway for four and a half hours, just waiting for Dad to get there. So, so that's my Africa story. Amazing. Um, yeah. So you mentioned conversion. When did that happen for you? Well, we went to mission schools in Africa, although my parents weren't Christians, and I think we were prayed for. So that's why prayer is so important. There we were, these three kids, and then when we came back to England and went to our secondary schools, we came to faith. Me through a guy called Christopher Ash, who was a maths teacher at my school. My brother and I were both taught um, by him. And so a, a maths teacher running a little Christian meeting. But I'm convinced it was the prayers of the, the people at the mission school in, in Uganda and Zaire, those schools we went to, that were later answered. So why yes. were 15, I'm one of 15 guys that became Christians at that school out of 650. Well, it's because people prayed for us. And so, so keep praying, everyone, and keep praying for kids, because um, I, I think that's how I got converted. Absolutely. Yeah. And when we pray, coincidences happen. Yeah. And when we don't, they don't. Yeah, brother. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't know about you with prayer, but I never find it easy. No. I, I'd love to say, oh, gosh, my prayers. I, I actually find reading the Bible. I just love it. But actually getting to my prayer time each day is a battle to go through the names and say, Lord, please open eyes. And, you know, and so people drop off the list and I have to try and get them going again. I don't know how what you'd say on that, but it's a, oh, it's absolutely. a battle, isn't it? It pray. is a battle, yeah. but we do need to persevere. Yeah. And I, I agree with you that when we pray, it's like the clouds clear mm. and hearts begin yeah. to become more open and receptive. Mm. Yeah, definitely. One of your passions is sport, rugby. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah. and at university you were the captain of the rugby team. Yeah, you've done the research. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I don't, think anyone, little... don't think anyone else stood for election, <laughs> J. John, but yeah. No, I captained Bristol University when I was there. Yeah. But you ended up going into the ministry. Yeah. And you've been in the ministry for how many years? 28 years now. 28 I've been years. At the same church, All Souls, by the BBC. So. That's right. So when people watch the news, you, as you watch, you, you, you know, the news begins and it goes straight over All Souls as the BBC news starts. So that's where I'm at. 
and you're you're a pastor, teacher, evangelist. Yeah, you kind of done all three, and um, probably um, major on being an evangelist. No, well, actually, it's interesting that no, I, I, my dad wasn't converted until his seventies, but my dad said to me when I was twenty five, he said, "You're a, you're a good number two. Don't try and be a number one." And I knew my father really loved me, so I have a, I'm a real advocate of being number twos in churches, you know, not having to run it. And um, so I, I, I knew I was an evangelist, partly because I've got dyslexia. And so the spinning plates that the number one has to do where they've got a, you know, number one of an organization has to keep a lot of departments going. I, I can focus on evangelism. And, and, but, I, but I always set myself at the moment I got ordained. I thought, well, I'll work at a church. I don't want to have to run a church. And I'll try and develop evangelism. And, and then, you know, what I try and do is develop stuff at All Souls as the laboratory. That's where I try and work it out locally. And then once we've developed it, you know, give it to people like you or others to run and say, does this work? And then push it out to the wider church, having had a little go locally at trying to work stuff out. So that's always been my the, the philosophy. Absolutely. You know, it well, it's interesting. There. I heard somebody, a professional musician, say that the hardest instrument to play in an orchestra is the second fiddle. Yeah. Uh, but how significant it is. Yeah. And if you didn't have that, you'd notice it. Yeah. And I think Philippians 2.4, actually, for an evangelist in the local church, I know that you were on staff at St. Nick's. Where was that? In, in, in Nottingham. In Nottingham, yeah. Is, is you've got to look to other people's interests. And, and I, I, I do think the question for the evangelist is not, do you love the gospel they do, or do you love evangelism? I mean, evangelism, I know it's hard, but it's, it's such a joy finding the lost. The big question is, do you love your local church? Yes. Because I find my conflict isn't so much with non-Christians. You know, they can take it or leave it. I'm trying to, my conflict is with Christians trying to mobilize them in my local church saying, look, be a witness. Come on, how do we... Well, I don't know how you do that. No, how do we I, I agree with you, Rico. And, and uh, a lot of people these days seem to say, or they do say, I like Jesus, I love Jesus, but I don't like the church. Yeah. And I like that St. Augustine quotation, you cannot have God as your father without having yeah. the church as your mother. And it is so important, isn't it? Being well, I, rooted in a local church. Well, I loved what you said earlier, just as we were chatting about ecclesia and people not going back to church. Tell us what, because you've got a Greek background. What yes. does ecclesia mean? Well, and what's the application of it? That? It's interesting, isn't it? That the Greek word for church, which I would say is a Greek speaker, yeah. ecclesia, ecclesia, literally means yeah. gathering. Yeah. That's what That's it right. means. Yeah. And so we need to gather. Yeah. If we can, we need to gather. Yeah. Well, I think that's a real issue. There might be some people listening now yeah. who are listening online and thinking that's church, and it's not. Now, the reason we at All Souls we're keeping on running online is that we're convinced there are many non-Christians who are watching, Absolutely. and it's a little ramp in. The battle is how then we get them to church. But if you're not going back at the moment because you've got into a habit of watching online, we'd say, brother, sister, Get back to church, get back to the yeah, gathering. Absolutely. And I would say, yeah. you know, online, you know, if you're vulnerable or you're not well, or it's an add-on. It's you know, an add-on. And yeah. it's an add-on. That's good, and that's yeah. quite, un, you know, of course. Now, yeah. we mentioned, you mentioned the gospel. What What is the gospel, Rico? How do you explain what the gospel is? Well, it's all about Jesus. So we are, we're preaching Jesus. And as we speak about Jesus as Lord, as the, as the creator of the universe. The amazing thing is, is that 
the Bible promises us, and this is why you and I are Christian, that God sends his Holy Spirit and opens people's blind eyes so they see who Jesus is. So at the heart, um, the gospel's about Jesus, and it's about Jesus saving me from hell through the cross for heaven. So it, the gospel sits, the, the, you know, the evangelistic preaching sits on the edge of eternity. We are literally saying to people, please come to the God who made you, be forgiven by Jesus, because there's a day when he'll say, look, did you know me and did you have your sin forgiven? So when I'm talking about the gospel, I'm talking about something that Jesus has done as he died on the cross and then repenting, having Jesus as my Lord. And I'm, I'm always around that area. That's, that's what the gospel is. And as I speak of that, knowing that nothing will happen unless God sends his Holy Spirit to open eyes as I rather feebly speak of Jesus. So I think that's what the gospel is. I, I sometimes say it's being saved from hell through the cross for heaven. And then we're sitting under the authority of Jesus. Wonderfully, we can trust him to lead us and know what's best. So we're, we're trying to live to please him. So for anyone listening now, Rico, that they don't know this Jesus that you've just spoken about, how can they know this Jesus? Well, I think there are four steps. I think the first step is to admit, admit that we've sinned. It is God's world and, and none of us have lived as we should. The second is to believe that when Jesus died on the cross, I don't know what you make of the cross, but he died so that we can be forgiven. And the third step is to count the cost of that, that it's going to be hard to follow Jesus in, in this world. You know, we, we, it's a wonderful thing. He can be trusted. But a lot of people want to, they don't want a cosmic interference, as C.S. Lewis said. There's no point in me pretending that's not going to be hard to follow him, although he knows what's best. And then the fourth thing is to do it. So just to say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry I've sinned. Thank you that you died on the cross. I do count the cost. I know it'll be tough, but please send your spirit to fill me. And now, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I, I want to be forgiven and I, I, I want to be your follower. So it's a very simple thing because Christ has done the work. Absolutely. Now, what am I, now bro, just tell me, I might be on the gospel thing there. I might have just missed something out. What Anything oh, I've said no. there that's not... No, that's it. Just, I mean, yeah. that's... You know, it is simple. And, and yeah. sadly, Rico, we've complicated it. Yeah. But actually, it is simple. That's the message. It, it, it is. It's simple. And and I think post-COVID, yeah. glorious, because we've suddenly all got death salient. We've suddenly realised who's the one person that can take me through death, because death's much more real. And Easter Sunday means he rose from the dead. And if he got through death himself, he can get me through. So I think it's I think I think there's a real opening at the moment because people are just much more aware of their fragility. Absolutely. Well, uh, Rika, I'm going to ask you in a moment to pray that prayer for any of our viewers to receive Christ. Yeah. And uh, listen, if you if you don't know the Jesus that Rico and I are talking about today, then as Rico leads you in this prayer, can I encourage you wherever you are to pray that prayer? Rico. Uh, Lord God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I haven't lived with Jesus as my master. Thank you that he died on the cross so that I can be forgiven. I'm sorry for my wrongdoing. Please forgive me. And please help me to live 
with Jesus as my Lord and Master. Amen. 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 And if you prayed that prayer, a prayer for you. Father, we pray now for every person that has prayed that prayer, that they would know the truth and the reality of the prayer. And in in the name of Jesus Christ, we announce and pronounce his forgiveness over you. We pray that you would experience his peace and his presence and his protection. For his glory, we pray. Amen. Rico, to all those that may have echoed that prayer, may have prayed that prayer, what do we have to do to become faithful disciples? Well, church is people together following Jesus. So find people that will follow Jesus with you, that will encourage you. And then, you know, I always think we want to hear about Jesus in the Bible at four levels. We want to hear a talk from the front. We want to be in a small group where we can where we can together follow Jesus, have someone who on a one to one level we can meet with and talk more deeply about just the battle it is to keep going. I mean, we can do that in a group, but it's lovely to have someone you can one to one meet with and then take the Bible home and read it for yourself. But I think the big thing is Jesus walks off the pages of Scripture. It's like your name and address is in the Bible, but it's hard to just do that on my own. So so say, right, I'm going to now get to know Jesus in this book. And I'm going to hear it from the front in a small group, one to one, and then take it home to read it. And I think that I think I think it, it once we start really saying that's how I'm going to follow him each day as I, as I get my Bible open, I'm going to do that. I think that's a great framework for going forward. Absolutely. And the thing about the, the Bible, Rico, is um, some people think it's a dry book, but it's mm. not a dry book when you know the author. That's right. And it's the, only, it's the only book that you can yeah. read along with the author. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. So Brilliant. we just need to dig in. Yeah. Uh, one of the great things that you and your colleagues and your church or souls have produced, you've produced some incredible courses and Life Explored uh, is just one of several courses. I really want to um, have an opportunity now to talk about your courses. What is this Life Explored course? Well, as you've just heard when the gospel was summarised just now, you, you only really begin to engage with Jesus when you realise there's something wrong, when you need rescue. You know, if you think you're fine, you know, you're, you're not going to want to come to God. You think, well, God's jolly lucky to have me. So one of the things in the courses that we produce, we do, is we try and help people to see just how serious sin is. And obviously that's law-breaking. You know, if on the, on the wall up here, everything you'd ever done on the you know, 10th of November, 2021, 2018, 2000, if it was all up on the, on the wall, that would, you know, each year, each month, each day of each month of each year of your life. For a lot of people, they'd go, oh my goodness, I need forgiveness. But a lot of people go, well, that doesn't, I don't really mind about what's wrong there. So Life Explored came along because we were going, actually, you need to see what the Bible means by idolatry. So it was, it was helping people understand sin from a different angle. And idolatry is a good thing that becomes a God thing. And it can absolutely smash my life up. So, for example, with me, when I got to All Souls uh, 28 years ago, I found myself relying so people would say to me, Rico, have you done that? And I'd say, yes, I had. I'd tell a bare lie and say I'd had done it when I hadn't. But I'd try and run off and do it before they found out. 
Now, the reason I did that was my idol was being seen as a fine Christian leader. Yes. And fine Christian leaders are efficient. So I mustn't be inefficient because I ha- that was my righteousness to be seen as a fine Christian leader. So that was a good thing, wanting to be a fine Christian leader, but it had become a God thing. And I was prepared to lie to maintain it. And we've all got idols. And the thing about idols is we love them, we trust them, and we obey them. And it's helping everyone see what they're serving, which God has given them, but it's become God for them. And really that course, Life Explored, it does a little film. We, we, we spend a lot of money making these films, which show people pursuing good things that have become God things. You know, there's a guy that gets into a massive competition about his lawn. It's a bit jokey, but, it, but you know, actually his identity is in his lawn with his next door neighbor. There's another guy who's, who's um, digging for gold. But actually we, we see them being consumed by those things. And then we hope people will go, gosh, I can, I can relate to someone who does nothing but work in order to get their life better. But actually it ends up, you know, going down the pan. So that, that's, that's what we did really. We're trying to unpick what idols are. We're trying to help do that by telling stories and then saying to people, look, can you see from this angle your need of God's forgiveness, your need of his help, your need of putting that thing in the right place? Um, so that's really what Life Explored is. And, and, and many people today, Rico, are discontented. They may not use that particular yeah. word, but it's obvious in the way that they speak, in things that they say. Yeah. That, and and, what, and what, life can smash them to pieces. And it, yeah. and it has and it does. You, know, you can live for your kids, which is a lovely thing. And then, I mean, yesterday I went to a funeral of Paolo. He was nine and he died of cancer. I mean, it just, I mean, it was just absolutely heartbreaking. But I mean, and of course, his parents absolutely had him at the centre. But what I've got to be able to do is know that that Paolo, which I do believe, is now waiting for me in the new creation and his parents are going to see him again. So you've got to have a bigger story than just Paolo. Paolo's got to be part of a bigger story in which we can see him again. And without God, we can't do that. But a lot of parents would just go, no, all I'm doing is my son. Well, so once he goes, what do I do? So I think that's the that's the issue. It's that's it's a good thing to be a mum. It's a great thing to be a dad. But don't make it everything, and not least because if if I'm your son and me fulfilling my life is the key thing for you being fulfilled, that puts enormous pressure on me Absolutely. too. You know, you're, the idols, which are good things. You know, if the son has got to achieve what the parent longs for, then actually, what happens when the parent the son doesn't? Well, it, it's brutal. So it's trying to help people unpick idolatry. You were asking a question. No, and, and uh, that, that question of suffering, Rico, is a, is a tough one. And many people do say, don't they, how can we believe in a God of love if there is so much suffering in the world? Yeah. How would you answer that question? Well, the first thing I would do is I'd say you've got to look at Good Friday because on Good Friday, God sends his son to die so that I can be forgiven and so that... Um, he can open up a new world which is delivered on Easter Day. The resurrection is the promise. There's a, there's a new world to come. Now, at that funeral yesterday with, with Paolo's parents, if I didn't believe that one day they'll put their arms around him again and the resurrection promises that, there's nowhere I can go with suffering. The, so the first place I want to go is say, Jesus died so I could be forgiven. He understands suffering. But secondly, he lived, taught, had a band of followers, tried in a Roman and Jewish court, sentenced to die, spear through his side, 
strung up on a cross, taken off the cross, certified as dead, and three days later he's walking around again. And that past certainty gives me a future hope. I can't go forward on suffering unless I've got Good Friday and Easter Day, I think, in place. It's agony, but I've got to have those things. Yeah, and I think a lot of people say, uh, you know, why why do good people suffer or why do good people die? And, And the reality is... There was only one person that was good. Yeah, very good. And he was the only person that chose mm. to die. Mm. And, and his name is Jesus. Mm. What do we do? What do people do with all their questions about faith, about God? How do they discover some kind of answers? Well, I think what I said earlier, you know, the, the groups we run, I mean, the, the big thing I'd say is come to a group. I mean, I think the Alpha course has been amazing. It's gone around the world yes. with Christianity Explored, which looks at Mark's gospel. It's the same thing. The big thing to do is to gather up your courage and say, I'll take my questions to a group. So we run Life Explored or Christianity Explored or Hope Explored. Alpha are there. And the opening question for Christianity Explored and for Alpha is, if you had a question for God, what would it be? So these groups begin not by lecturing, but by listening. So if you've got a question, it's really important to us, come and bring it. And I think some people spend 20 years with a question. They don't know where they can go. And I'm saying, with your friends, if you're listening in and you're a Christian, or if you're someone who's not a Christian listening in, either way, get them to bring the question or bring your question to a little group. Now, what's amazing about a group is someone else has got a similar question. And then you hear them interact. So you then go on a journey of discovery together with your questions, but looking at the person of Christ and seeing how he answers them. Absolutely. And I think the other thing is that a lot of people's understanding of Christianity is a misunderstanding. And I, I think doing one of your many courses, Rico, it helps to clear away some of the misunderstandings that we have. Yeah. and the misconceptions and the misinformation. Yeah. And, and the big thing we keep saying, it's very simple really, is Christianity is Christ. So I want to apologise for so much that's gone on in the church. I want to apologise for so-called Christian leaders who've got stuff terribly wrong, but I'm not apologising for Jesus. You know, when the, the, what we want to say to you is, you know, Mark 1 verse 1 says that Mark's gospel, the shortest biography of Jesus, the beginning of the gospel, the great news about Jesus, the Son of God. So we want to say, please focus on him. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think that's key. And, and, you know, what I then I often follow up by saying, if this isn't the best news you ever heard about Jesus, you can be sure you've misunderstood it. Yes. You know, it, it's such great news that if you don't think it's the best news you ever heard, we've not explained it or you've not got it. So that would be the the byline I sort of push in. Sure, definitely. Well, I I can honestly, I've looked at these. I've engaged with this material. I can highly recommend this. If you're a church leader, a member of a church, and you fancy just doing another inquirer's course, uh, a discipleship course, look at these courses and, and use them in your local situation. Now, one of the things that you've got coming up at Easter Rico is an Easter initiative. Tell us about that. Well, of course, COVID made us think about hope and Easter's about Jesus rising from the dead. And so so what we're what we're 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 saying is that is that Christian hope is a a joyous celebration of the of, of, of the future. 
It's going to be joyous based on true events in the past that changes everything now. So if you really understand Christian hope, you, 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 you know that there's an amazing future that God has promised by the resurrection of his son. And you know you can believe on it because in Luke's gospel, Jesus rises from the dead. So there are, faith has content. There's information. Then you get the meaning of it. Then you act on it. But there's content. And then that enables you now to be a different person because you know that there's a future you can go to. So you remember the last two days of school. You know, when you knew the summer holidays were coming, that lifted your head and pulled you forward. So the course is called Hope Explored, and it's just three weeks, and it helps people really investigate hope. Um, and what what is your hope for your hope course? For, well, well, I think with Christianity Explored, which is seven weeks, and Alpha, which is ten, that's a lot for people to go on immediately. So it's a little bit of a ramp onto those longer courses. If you say on Easter Day, look, come for three weeks to investigate, that's a lot easier than saying come for seven or come for 10. We'd love people to come for seven, but it's it's a lot to commit to. So what we found that saying to people, just come to three, hope explored over the last couple of years as we've run it. We've got a lot more people to come. We do that post Christmas too. So in the January or in the April, ju- we just run three evenings. And then we find that people have so enjoyed the three evenings, they then come to a longer course so the hope is it's a ramp that makes it easier to come on a course. And then then three things that we're longing for people to, to see too. Number one, that about their felt needs. We look unashamedly at where is their purpose? Where is their peace? Where is their hope? You know, we're all lacking those things. And the Bible says stuff about those felt needs. Secondly, what are the facts of what Christ has done that, that actually give us real hope, that mean that we can find peace, that mean that we can find purpose? And then thirdly, what's fascinating in terms of the Bible story, the third F, is there's a fulfillment. So we start with Isaiah 9, verse 6, where there's a prediction 700 years before Jesus of a wonderful counselor, a prince of peace, an everlasting father, you know, a mighty God. And we see how Jesus fulfills that. And we say, well, if he's fulfilled that, surely we can trust him to fulfill the future too, if he, if he was able to be that. So... What are we hoping? We're hoping people will grasp felt needs, facts and fulfilment in that little course. Yeah. And obviously, Rico, you're convinced about the facts. What is it that convinces you? Well, I think it's historically checkable that Jesus rose from the dead, Joe John. Yes. I think that anyone who's listening now, what happened to the tomb? So on that Sunday morning, the tomb was empty. Where did the body go? Secondly, second question is, I think that Jesus was then seen walking around again. There are 11 different eyewitnesses accounts of this, once to 500 people. What do you make of these sightings? And thirdly, the church emerged. So those three areas caused me to believe Christ rose from the dead. And that is a turning point for, for whole of history. The empty tomb the risen Jesus walking around, the emerging of the early church. And whenever I'm talking about Christian faith, I want to say, look, what do you think happened with those three things? Because I think they're a basis for believing Jesus is God and he holds the future. Rico, always a delight to see you and talk with you. Thank you so much for joining us on Facing the Canon. Oh, Joe John, a pleasure to be here. A real pleasure. I hope that's inspired you. It's inspired me. It really has. I found that very heartwarming 
encouraging and also challenging and I hope you have as well. Thank you so much for joining us on Facing the Canon. Please join us again. You've been listening to the J. John Podcast. To find out more about J. John's ministry, visit www.canonjjohn.com and follow him on social media. If you could ask God anything, what would you ask? Life is full of big questions. In his brand new book, Will I Be Fat in Heaven? and Other Curious Questions, J. John answers 38 questions that we ask about God, the Bible, the world, and everything in between. How can God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit be one? Why do we believe the Bible is true? Will we recognize family and friends in heaven? And life's ultimate question, does God care about me? Get your copy now at canonjjohn.com.